seeing the young men got, they have to learn uh, extra verses, and I'm not sure if you caught that, but it's, there's three years there, and there's 90 verses a year, that's 270 verses they had to memorize. Uh, that's, that's pretty amazing, right? Um, I wonder how many adults could memorize 270 verses in three years, right? So that's, that's great. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be wrong, um, the awards that the young men got, that, that high award, does that not also, if, um, if I remember right, if they end up going to like a Bible college, can they, are they entered for like a scholarship? Is that part of that as well? Okay, right. But yeah, that, so that's, I mean, that, that just shows how high of a word that is, that they would even be considered to, uh, for a scholarship if they choose to go to a Bible college or something like that. So, um, and so that's, that's really neat as well, right? Well, take your Bibles tonight and open to the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter number 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, um, of course, 1 Kings chapter 19 comes after 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm not sure if you were aware of that or not, but that's what it comes after. <laughs> and, uh, of course, this is dealing with the account uh, of Elijah. And, of course, in chapter 17, um, God commands Elijah to go to meet Ahab and tell him that it's not going to rain. And uh, then in chapter 18, we find this, uh, this challenge between Ahab, or Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And uh, all that transpires between that. Um, and of course, we know during that time, during that uh, challenge there, that the prophets of Baal, uh, they spend hours and hours and hours trying to get their God to send fire down from heaven on this sacrifice that they have. And of course, nothing happens. Um, and then Elijah uh, takes and he builds an altar and he puts a sacrifice on it. And then he does something unusual in a drought, um, and there's a drought going on. There's been a drought for three years, uh, three and a half years. Um, you're trying to light a fire on this altar, and so Elijah does something that is just very, very smart. He pours water on it, right? And not just a little bit of water, but he takes 12 barrels of water and pours it all over this altar, and um, uh, I'm really not sure what Elijah was thinking other than the fact that he's just thinking, God, you're really going to have to prove yourself. And, of course, we know that God does. And Elijah prays and fire falls from heaven uh, and consumes the, the sacrifice and, and really everything there. Um, and then, of course, the prophets of Baal are taken and uh, they are dealt with. Uh, then Elijah, Elijah goes up on Mount Carmel and he's praying there. Um, and, and God sends rain after no rain for three and a half years. And so there's just really, uh, chapter 18, there's a lot of um, the power of God is really seen in chapter 18 and th through all of this. And the power of God and God using his servant Elijah there. But then we come to chapter number 19 and we take an unusual turn. There's an unusual turn that happens here in chapter 19 because Elijah has just had these great victories. God has performed these different miracles. Um, 
He's shown that he is God. In fact, after the fire falls from heaven, all the people said, truly, he is the Lord God, the God of Elijah. He is the true God. And so there seems to be, you know, great events taking place in chapter 18 through all of this. But then we come to chapter 19, and it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword, those 400 prophets of Baal. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under juniper tree, and he requested for himself, now watch this, that he might die. Well, that's kind of a strange thing. And he says... It is enough. Now, O oh Lord, take my life. God, just, just kill me, for I am not better than my father's. He says, I am ready to die. Just, just get it over with, God. What, what's, what's happening here, right? I mean, in chapter 18, there was these great victories that God had given to, to Elijah, and God had proven himself through Elijah that he was truly the real God, that Baal was not a God. And so there's these great victories. God sends the rain. The, the rain comes again after three and a half years. And I mean, all these different things that God has done through Elijah. And here's Elijah now in the wilderness under a juniper tree saying, just kill me, God. Just kill me. What, what happened? Well, obviously we understand that there was fear for his life. Obviously Jezebel had said he was, she was going to, to kill him. Of course, Jezebel was very uh, into uh, the witchcraft and all of the, the prophets, the false prophets of Baal and things like this. But I think if we really look deep into what is happening here, I think we find that Elijah experienced burnout. He experienced a time of just, if we could say, depression, just, I'm just tired of it all, I just, I'm just done, I just want to throw in the towel, I just want to quit, right? Um, it's interesting, according to Barna, um, just since 2015, there is an astonishing 40% of pastors are now showing a high risk to burnout, just since 2015, Previously to 2015, it was only 11%. Now it's 40%. That's a 400% increase, right? Um, but can I say tonight that pastors aren't the only ones prone to burnout? Pastors aren't the only ones prone to burnout. Elijah wasn't the only one prone to burnout, right? God had done some great things through Elijah's life. And, but for some reason, Elijah just takes his eyes off of God and thinks about what Jezebel is going to do and runs to the desert, falls under a juniper tree and says, I just want to die. just want to die. Right? So what is it that causes burnout? Is it possible? Huh. 
for a Christian to get burnt out and discouraged and depressed and just want to quit and throw in the towel? Um, I think the answer is obviously yes. There's no doubt about that, right? There are many Christians who have been in ministry uh, serving the Lord in the past, teaching Sunday school um, or even being a deacon or just faithfully serving in the choir, doing things like this in the church. I'm not talking about pastors. I'm talking about just the, the normal people in the church. And yet they're no longer even in church anymore. They're not even, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even come to a church. And I know people could say, well, they, they've lost their faith or they've walked away from salvation. No, I don't believe that's true because we understand that when a person is saved, they can never lose their salvation. They cannot lose their salvation. But I do think that what happens in many times, in many cases, there are Christians that just get burnt out. And so can I, tonight, I just kind of want to talk about this subject this evening um, and just see if maybe we can put some things in our life to help us to avoid getting burnt out, right? I mean, let's face it, we all get tired. Maybe you took a nap today, right? I mean, we all, we all get tired, right? We all get tired. There's all, we're always busy. There's always things going on. So if we, we know that it is possible for a Christian to just get tired and to get burnt out, what, what do we do? How do we how do we approach that, right? Um, and so I want to kind of talk a, a few, about a few of these things tonight. First, let me just ask, what, what causes burnout? What causes burnout? And I'd like, you know, I know the young people probably have all kinds of answers, but I'd like for the adults to kind of answer this tonight, right? What, what do you think, what is it that causes Christians to get burnout? Just to want to, to quit uh, to quit going to church, quit serving God. Um, you know, what, what do you think? Give me something tonight. What, what is it that causes Christians that, I mean, we, would have, we thought, man, these people just love God and they're faithful and everything, and then all of a sudden, they're gone. Little Jay? Trying to balance too much on their plate, right? Balance kind of between what? What would you say? Work, family, ministry, right? I mean, that's, that's, there's a lot there to balance, right? So maybe trying to balance too much, right? Is Corey? Okay, so maybe getting priorities out of order, right? Our priorities are not in the right order um, where, you know, it should be God and then uh, others first and then self last, right? Maybe trying to get, maybe that's getting out of order or something, Okay. Brother Jake? Walking in the flesh, right? We're not walking in the spirit. We're not walking with the Lord anymore, right? And let's just, let's be honest. It's very easy to walk in the flesh, isn't it? It's easy not to spend time in the word of God. It's easy not to spend time in prayer. It's easy just to try to go through life, right, without those things. And we can put on a good front for a while, right? Um, but eventually it begins to start, start showing and it begins to start being evident. Brother Ron? Yeah, church breakup, church splits, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
not, not making time for rest, just, again, kind of like not, not balancing right. There's no time for rest. It's just work, 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 whether it's church or uh, the kids or job or whatever it might be. They're just constantly go, 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 no time for rest. Okay. But I saw a couple other hands. Ms. Rachel? Stress? What? Stress? We're in America. What are you talking about? Stress? <laughs> right? Stress? Yes, Ms. Patty? Oh, that's really good. Lack of seeing your expected results, right? Um, lack of seeing expected results. That's, that's really good, right? Somebody else? I thought there was a couple other hands. Ms. Rachel? Being overwhelmed by mental or emotional Okay, being overwhelmed by uh, mental issues, things like that, all right? There's another hand. Yeah. Hmm. Right, losing sight of why we're actually doing what we're doing. Why do we actually serve? Why do we come to church? Is it just a duty or is there something that we're actually, is there a purpose behind it, right? Good. Somebody else? Yeah. There we go. Focusing on the ministry and what we're doing instead of actually focusing on who we're doing it for, right? Instead, instead of focusing on God, right? Yep. Right. Yes, I can do more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations and not not ever wanting to say no, just always wanting to say yes. Right. Um, yeah. Th- those are those are all right. Those are all things that we could look at um, that that have a part. I would say in, in burnout. Um, when I was kind of looking at this, I kind of was looking at like some statistics and things, and um, these five seem to keep popping up the most, and I think most of them were said tonight, but the one, one was being overextended, right? Being overextended, and it was kind of alluded to, but not quite hit on. Again, when you think about this, we've kind of been talking about it on, on our, in our Sunday morning series, is about we're supposed to be one body, right? One body. That means everybody needs to be involved. But what happens when half the body or 75% of the body is not involved? Then that leaves 25% or 50% trying to do everything that needs to be done, right? And so it, it overextends those who are willing to serve, those who are saying, yes, I'm willing to serve, but because not everybody is involved, it overextends those who are serving because there's not enough people involved. There's not enough people willing to serve, right? Um, I, I thought this one was very interesting. Um, and I'm not even sure if this is a, a proper word or not, but hurriedness. Is that a proper word? I don't know. It sounded good to me, right? Hurriedness, right? You say, what do you mean hurriedness? Well, we're not prepared for what we're doing right? We don't take the time to prepare, right? And, and let's be honest, how, how, many, um, how many Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning, we know Sunday school is at 9.30 or church is at 10.30, and we are just pulling our hair out 30 minutes before church trying to get out the door. Why are some of you laughing? <laughs> I guess I, I, I'm, I'm talking truth here then, right? Right? 
We're, we're so hurried, right? And then what happens? We're trying, we rush around so much just trying to be there instead of, you know, making the right preparation of the things. We hurry and we rush and that when we get there, we're almost, we almost don't even want to be there because we had to hurry and rush, right? Um, even in, in our teaching, right? Um, if, if we're not prepared for what we're doing, maybe our lesson or something like this, um, you know, we feel like we're, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And so uh, it, just, it just weighs on us because I, I didn't give the lesson well or I didn't have the right object lesson or something like this because we, we didn't prepare. We're just hurrying through things. And let's, let's face it, in America, we hurry through everything, right? I mean, fast food is even too slow for us, right? I mean, microwave two-minute stuff is too slow for us. I mean, we just want instant gratification, okay? Um, and so we're, we're just hurrying so much, right? Um, this one was said, unrealistic expectations, right? Unrealistic expectations. The expectations are too high to meet, right? Or we actually put more expectations on ourselves than what's really being expected of us. A lot of times it's self-inflicted, right? Um, we, we put more expectation upon ourselves than what really is even expected, okay? Um, I thought these were very interesting. Isolation. We feel like we're the only ones doing anything. And I think that kind of goes back to being overextended, right? When it's just a few people doing it, sometimes we do. We feel like I'm just the only one serving. I'm the only one doing it. And if I'm the only one doing it, by the way, that's what Elijah thought. Elijah said, I'm the only one. Right? If you read, he said uh, several times, he said, I even I only am left. It's just me, God. Nobody else is serving. It's just me. God said, Elijah, grow up. I got 7,000 others who haven't bowed the knee. Right? What was Elijah doing? He's having a pity party. But let's, let's face it. When we, when we feel like we're the only one serving, we do. We feel like nobody else is doing it. I'm doing it all. And, and nobody else even really cares. Right? That isolation. What about negativity? People always criticizing or being a negative about what even we're trying to do. Right? When we're trying to serve, we're trying to do something, and people are like criticizing and being negative about it. Really, in our flesh, we want to say, well, what are you doing? Right? You see, all of those things can cause and lead to, to burnout and many other things that were said tonight. Right? I mean, I think when you look at all the things that were said, and please don't go home thinking, oh, man, all these people that said it, that's what their problem is. No, that's not what their problem is. They're just, this is what causes these things, okay? And so there is a, there is a tendency to get burnout. And here's, here's the thing that I, I think we have to remember. We have to understand this, right? If you don't get anything else, and we're going to go through a couple things that I hope will help to encourage you. But if you don't get anything else tonight, please, please, please understand this, right? This is a spiritual battle because Satan wants nothing more than for you to quit. He wants nothing more than for Christians to just walk away and leave it all behind. That's exactly what Satan wants. And if Satan can get that in our life, right, 
If he can get us feeling depressed and feeling isolated and it's just you, you're all alone, nobody else is serving, nobody appreciates what you're doing, you're the only one. If he can get us feeling those ways, then guess what happens? We start thinking, well, maybe it's not worth it. We start feeling like Elijah. <laughs> look at, I mean, look at what God did and nobody appreciates it. I mean, look, look, I was willing to serve God for three and a half years facing Ahab, and, and, and obviously the people didn't appreciate it, and, and look at the, the fire fell from heaven, and the rain came, and, and nobody appreciated it. In fact, they're, they're trying to kill me because of it. And he runs off into the desert, falls under a juniper tree, and said, I just wish I could die. Burnout. Isolation. Feeling overwhelmed by things. So how can we avoid burnout, right? I want to give you just a couple things tonight, maybe to help in this area. Because look, I, 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 will, say, I will say this. I have seen, I've seen burnout in people, and um, I am thankful for every person that serves in this church, right? Um, I wish, I wish I could say that in First Baptist Church we have 100% participation and serving, okay? I wish I could say that, uh, but I will say this. I believe that in our church, we have more percentage of participation than most other churches do. It's not 100%, right? But it is a great deal more than in many other churches, and I thank God for that, right? But the one thing that I want to be very, very careful about with those that are serving is I don't want them to get burnt out. I don't want them to get burnt out, Right? And, uh, and I will tell people when I ask them to pray about serving in a ministry and things, I'll tell them, look, please. Um, in, in fact, people that have joined the church, I'll say, look, I, I know sometimes you think you've got to be involved in everything. You don't. You don't have to be involved in everything, right? I don't want you to be involved in everything. Now, I want everybody to be involved in something, but I don't want you involved in everything. Why? Because you're going to get burnt out. It's going, to be over, it's going to be too much. Now, please don't go home and say, hey, pastor said I didn't have to be involved in anything. <laughs> that is not what I said, okay, right? So find a place to serve, right? But don't feel like you have to be involved in every single ministry and area of the church, okay? But here's the thing that we have to understand, okay? Here's some ways that I think we can help to avoid burnout because I don't want people being burnt out. And I, sorry, I, I guess I forgot what I was saying. Uh, this is what I'll tell people. Look, I want you to pray about this. Pray about where you're serving. And if it's not something that you believe God wants you to do, then just tell me. Just tell me. Because if you don't believe it's something God wants you to do, I don't want to put you in there, right? And if you ever feel like you're doing too much, please tell me. Because I don't want you to, to get burnout. You're not going to offend me by saying, Pastor, you know, hey, yes, yes, yes. But hold on, I think, I think my plate's getting too much. I think I'm getting too much on my plate. You're not going to offend me by that. I want you to be honest with me. Because if you just keep saying yes, 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 what's going to happen? I'm going to keep giving you more, <laughs> right? I mean, if you say yes, I, I'll do that, then hey. But if you say, Pastor, I, just, I think I've got too much right now. You know what? I'm like, okay, that's great. Let me see if I can get somebody else to be involved. Let's find somebody else here. That's why, again, it's so important that everybody be involved. So here's a couple things, right? I want to give you these things tonight as quickly as I can. How to avoid burnout, right? Number one, don't quit serving. 
Don't quit serving. No matter how burnt out or discouraged you might think you are, don't quit serving. Quitting is not the answer. Don't quit, right? Now, you may need to slow down in some areas. You may need to take some things off your plate because you've got too much on it, but don't quit. That is exactly what the devil wants you to do. Don't quit, right? Don't quit serving. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, he says, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul said, I, I would gladly be spent for you. And he says, the more I'm loving you, the more I'm spending myself, he says, you know what I'm noticing? The less you're actually loving me the less you're actually caring for me. But he said, I would gladly give myself, I would gladly be spent for you because of the love that I had for you, even though that love is not being returned, right? Look, Paul's saying, hey, whatever it is, even, even if you're feeling isolated, even if you feel like nobody else is serving, don't quit serving. Maybe you're going to have to slow down a little bit. Maybe you're going to have to, uh, to, to pull away from some areas, but don't just quit, and I've seen this so many times, instead of somebody actually just saying, hey, you know what, I'm just doing too much here, and I need, to, I need to pull out of maybe, you know, I'm involved in five different ministries, I need to pull out of two or three of those ministries and just be involved in two, you know what, I'm just going to quit all of them. Just quit them all. Quit church, quit God. Wait a minute, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. Hey, don't quit serving, Right? Maybe slow down a little bit, maybe pull out of something, but don't quit, right? Um, and I can, I, let me just say this, a warning sign to getting burnout is when we start looking at ministry as a burden. If we start looking at it as a burden, this is a burden, I have to do this, it's a burden. That's, that's a warning sign that, hey, burnout's about to happen here, right? Think about what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn to me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look, there, there ought to be, you know, when we look at ministry, we ought to understand, look, Jesus never wants it to be this heavy, difficult, downtrodden, I just can't bear this anymore, I just want to give it all up type of a burden. No, he said, look, my burden is light. Is there going to be something that we're going to have to carry? Sure, no doubt about it. But aren't you glad that he's going to walk right there alongside you with you through it, no matter what it is, right? So don't quit, right? And, and again, this, this, I, I think this goes without saying, but make sure you keep your relationship right with the Lord, right? If your relationship is not right with God, your relationship is not going to be right in ministry, if your relationship is not right with God, if you're not taking the time to walk with God and you're just walking the flesh, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be evident in ministry and you're just going to quit. You're just going to burn out, right? So make sure your relationship is right with the Lord. Secondly, let me say this, prioritize. And I think this was mentioned tonight. Prioritize. You know, many people think they get burned out at church or serving but when you sit down and actually see where we're spending most of the time, I think you'll realize that it's not on church things. We just use church and serving as an excuse. 
Let me prove that to you. I don't know, guys, were you able to get the, was that able, we're ashamed, were you able to get that? So in one week, in one week, right, everybody has the same number of days in a week, right? Everybody has the same number of days. In one week, there are seven days and there are 24 hours in a day. So that means you have 168 hours in a week. Every single person has the same number of hours. Nobody has any more. Nobody has any less. We all have the same number, right? And this is an average. Can I say that? Okay, because there's going to be some that it's obviously going to be more and less in what I'm about to show you. But this is the average, okay? The average person sleeps eight hours a day. So if you take eight hours a day, again, I said average, okay? Some of you are like, what? Eight hours? I wish. Yeah. Some of you are like, eight hours? That's nothing, man. I could sleep like 12, right? Average, okay? Average, right? That's 56 hours in a week. So if you're 168 hours, the average is sleeping for 56 hours. Working, you work nine hours a day for five days a week. That's 45 hours in a week. 45 hours in a week. Well, there's 100 hours right there. That's 100 hours of your 168 hours. It's 101, actually, but who's counting the one? 100 hours. See, here's where it begins to be a little bit interesting, though. And again, this is average. Please understand this, right? The average person, and I was quite shocked by this. I really was. The average person spends 4.9 hours a day watching TV. Seven days a week. That's 34 hours a week watching TV. In fact, in 2022, the average was 294 minutes a day of people watching TV. I don't know what you're doing watching TV that long, but stop it. <laughs> stop it, right? Um, social media. The average, people spend two and a half hours a day on social media. That's 17 and a half hours a week. 17 and a half hours. People spend 1.2 hours a day on miscellaneous things. And so if you figure that up, that's about 8.5 hours a week. We haven't got to anything about church. And you've already spent 161 hours. 161 hours. The average, and this is not a day because most people do not go to church every day. They usually go two days a week. That's on Sundays and on Wednesdays. Average. is five hours a week at church. Five hours. And for those that are just, you know, they're just involved in everything, they even added for choir and visitation, for things like this, they added another two hours a week. So when you look at this here, of 168 hours in a week, the average person is only spending seven hours on things that have anything to do with church. And yet, when a person gets burnt out, what is the very first thing that they throw in the towel in? Church and things of God. Friend, do you understand? That's the thing you're spending the least amount of time on. That's the thing you are spending the least amount of time on. 
But yet, that's the first thing to go. You see, this is where we have to prioritize, right? And again, I understand this may not fit exactly into your work schedule and life and things, but this is just the average, right? And I guarantee you, if you were to take your life and you were to break it down weekly, hourly, I am 99.9% sure that you will find that the thing that you spend the least amount of time on is church and the things of God. I'm not saying that we have to spend the most time on the things of God. Obviously, we need to sleep, right? Obviously, we have to go to work. Those are things that are important. And again, those are, that's, where, that's where the majority of our time is spent, sleeping and working. And that's, God tells us we're supposed to do that. God says if man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat, right? That's, that's something that God is for. But are we making wise decisions with the other 68 hours that we have left? Brother Jay talked about balance, right? We have to balance work and balance family and balance ministry, right? And the thing is, the, the problem is, is so many times the, the, it is work and family that ha- have the most weight, but we get rid of the thing that has the least weight. And this is where we have to, we have to prioritize. Think about what Jesus says in Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee, right? God says the, the, our most important thing ought to be seeking the kingdom of God first. Our most important thing ought to be putting God first. Now again, please understand, I'm not saying that uh, if, if you don't have, you know, 51% of the 168 hours of things of God, then you're not serving. That's not what I'm saying, Right? I understand we're going to spend more time sleeping and more time working and doing some, some of these other things, but... But let's, let's face it, let's, let's really look at what we're doing here and say, wait a minute, the time that I have, am I using it wisely for the things of God? That's why he says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, the things that are most important to us, that's where our heart is going to be, Right? And so, yes, there's going to be times when we're starting to feel overwhelmed by some things that we need to step back and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to quit on God, but maybe I need to reprioritize some things. Maybe I'm spending too much time at work and not enough time with my family and the things of God, right? Or, or maybe it's, hey, I'm, I'm spending, listen carefully to what I'm saying, I'm spending too much time with family things and not enough time with work and things of God. You say, can you spend too much time with family? Yeah, if that's all we're doing and we're not doing the other things we're supposed to, that can be a problem right there, right? Look, family's important. God, God established the home. Family's important. But we have to understand there has to be the right balance with these things. And by the way, the same thing, ministry. You shouldn't be spending 168 hours in ministry, Right? Now, I understand we're, we're constantly serving. We're always to be Christians. We're always to be being a witness wherever we're at. But we've got to be careful that we don't spend every waking moment and we neglect our family. We don't, we don't have a job, right? We're not providing for our family. Those are things that are important, right? Um, you know, that, that's, as, as a pastor, um, obviously, I'm in ministry constantly, right? Um, I, got, uh, I got a letter in the mail the other day, and it said, Dear Andrew Stensis, uh, because we just think the world of you and because you're such an awesome person uh, in our community, we have 
chosen you over the next four months that your name could be called for jury duty. <laughs> what, what, a bu- what a bunch of groaning, oh man. What? I thought it was pretty cool, right? I've always wanted to be on a, I've always wanted to be a juror and be like, hmm, are they guilty? Are they not guilty? You know, I've always, I've always wanted to do that. I thought that should be so cool. But then I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do that because I'm a pastor. And I put, I put on there, I said, I'm a pastor. And I'm a pastor 24-7. I said, I would love to do this, but if there's a funeral, I've got to be at a funeral. If there's somebody having surgery or something, I've got to be at a hospital. If there's emergencies, I've got to be there, right? I mean, that's, that's part of my ministry. So I don't know if they're going to call me or not, but we'll see. But anyway, I'm like, but even as a pastor, I am, I am constantly in ministry. You know what I have to balance? Too much ministry. I have to balance too much ministry. That's one of the reasons why on Fridays I take off. I take Friday off as much as I can. Now, obviously, sometimes there are emergencies and things like that happen, but I have to try to take Friday off. I, I, don't, I do not come to the church, again, unless it's an emergency and unless you're in the middle of a building program, right? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't come to church on Fridays. You know why? Because I have a family. And I have to be careful that I'm not spending too much time on my work and ministry that I don't spend time with my family. See, there has to be a balance there, right? And even as a pastor, I can get that out of balance where everything is ministry. Now, obviously, we, we involve our kids in so many ministries as well, and they, they, they get to be a part of it. But I have to be careful about that, right? There has to be a balance, so we have to be willing to prioritize. May I say number three very quickly here? So number one was what? Don't quit serving, right? Just don't quit serving, don't be like Elijah and go out under a juniper tree and say, God, kill me, right? Don't do that. Don't quit, okay? Maybe you need to prioritize, right? That's the second one, prioritize. Make sure that you've got a good balance on things. You may have to step out of something, but don't quit, right? Number three, find joy in what you do. Find joy in what you do. I think, uh, I think my, my wife said it. Sometimes we forget the reason why we're actually serving, we get so involved in the ministry and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing that we forget why we're doing it. We need to find joy in what we're doing, right? Look, I understand working in the nursery or working in classes all the time can be like, man, I just feel like I'm babysitting or whatever. Wait a minute, understand the purpose behind it. Why am I doing it? Man, I'm doing it so that others can be able to hear the gospel. I'm doing it so that others are able to learn and grow right? Uh, Find joy in what you do. Uh, Psalms 122 verse 1, he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I I watched this, I think one of my girls sent me this uh, little video the other day, and uh, this this nice looking family, I think it was like a husband and wife, and they had two little kids, and they they were getting ready for church, and you know, it was probably a Sunday morning, the way all families are on Sunday mornings, right? You know, the socks can't be found in the 
the breakfast isn't going the way it's supposed to, and they just shove everybody in the car and all the way to the all the way to the church, you know, what are you doing? Leave your sister alone back there. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You know, honey, why didn't you do this? I mean, it's just, and as soon as they pull into the party, like, hi. We're so glad to be here. We just love Jesus. It's so wonderful. And inside you're thinking, I'm going to kill the kids later. <laughs> right? <laughs> you say, you're a pastor. You're not supposed to have those thoughts. Well, <laughs> I don't. My wife does. <laughs> now I'm thinking I'm dead later. <laughs> But he says, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. In Psalms 100, verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Okay? Again, it doesn't mean that everything we do we're just going to enjoy. Right? It doesn't mean that we're going to enjoy every single thing that we do. But uh, again, think about what Paul went through. Think about the beatings, the imprisonment, and all the things that he went through. And, and yet he could still sing praises and he could still testify of the goodness of God. Why was he willing to go through those things? Because of the purpose behind it. The purpose. Why did Jesus, why was he willing to endure the cross, the Bible says, despising the shame that was set? Why was he willing to? He said, for the joy that was set before him. Find joy in what you're doing, Right? Be excited about it, right? If you're, if you're teaching a kid's class or something, man, be excited about teaching those kids that you get to invest in their life. If it's in the nursery, be excited. I know it's, look, I, I've tried to talk to the pastor about our policy, about no men in the nursery. I've tried to talk to him about it, right? He just, he's kind of stubborn on that thing. He just, he doesn't let any guys in the nursery. Uh, so ladies, if you've got a problem about that, make sure you take it up with the pastor, not me, okay? Um, <laughs> And so, but understand there, there's ought, there ought to be a joy there because it's saying, hey, someone else is able to receive what they need. There might be a family that's able to hear the gospel and they can get saved just because I'm helping to watch the kid in the nursery or something, right? Find joy. Hey, even if it's cleaning the church, right? I mean, you're, you're cleaning the toilets or, or whatever it is. Hey, there's a purpose behind this. It's so that somebody can come and, and they're going to walk into our bathroom and, and they'd be like, man, this is the dirtiest, nastiest, stinkiest bathroom. I'm never coming back to this church again. But if it's clean and it's clean like hey you know i could come back here again why there's there's a purpose behind it right so find the joy in what you do okay find joy in what you do again that doesn't mean you're going to enjoy everything you do but find joy in it what is the purpose behind it why am i doing it why am i doing it and then let me just say this lastly and then we'll be done and this was mentioned, and I think many times we fail to think about this. Take some time to rest. Take some time to rest. That is a biblical principle, friend. Take some time to rest. Again, think about what Jesus says, again, in Matthew 11 there. He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Isn't that what we're kind of getting into when we start getting into burnout? We're heavy laden. We're, we're, we're having these labors. He says, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. In fact, even Jesus said in Mark 6.31 to the disciples, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Rest. 
we need times of rest. Um, one of the things we try to do as much as possible is we try to let our teachers and workers and helpers, we try to give them time to rest. We try to give them time off, right? In the summertime, we shut down some of our, our programs so, so that they can rest, right? Uh, over Christmas, we, we shut down a couple of programs so that our teachers can rest. We try to, we try to find substitutes that can come in and help uh, our other teachers for a month or two or things like that. Why? So they can rest. You understand? They need rest, just like you need rest, right? You say, well, it's only one, it's only one Sunday, uh, you know, it's only one day a week. Why do they need rest? Hey, they're, they're busy too. They have life. They have kids. They have work. They have all these different things. They need rest just like everybody else does. Again, that's why it's so important when everybody's involved, there's other people to be able to step in so that though they can rest. And I can tell you this, when you are able to take a little bit of rest, boy, even if it's just a, a short time, it, it encourages you, it energizes you, you come back, you want to even go farther, you want to do more, right? So don't be afraid to take some time to rest, right? Um, again, don't do like Elijah and just go off into the desert and saying, I'm resting, God just kill me. No, he wasn't resting, he was, he was discouraged, he was depressed, he was burnt out. But there, we need to take time to rest, Right? There needs to be that time that we rest physically. Right? There needs to be physical rest. You need to take time uh, from work and, and be able to rest your body right? physically. We need rest mentally. Right? That's why it's important to get sleep, to allow our, our brain to shut off. Um, you know, I, wish they, I wish they had like a, uh, a pill or something you could take you know, at night. It just shuts everything off. I, my, my brain is always just at night I'm just... It's like my brain comes alive at night. I'm like, where were you six hours ago when I actually needed you, man? You know, but it's just like at night, it comes alive. It's like all these different things. The other, um, what was it Friday night? I think it was Friday night. No, it wasn't Friday night. You weren't here Friday night. When was it? Thursday night. Um, I'm just laying there, and um, Tuesday, I'm uh, going down to Milford, First Baptist Milford. They're having a preacher's fellowship down there. And they've asked me to preach at the Preacher's Fellowship, so please pray for me on Tuesday. Um, but I, I, I knew the message that I felt like the Lord wanted me to preach, and so I'd been working on it that day and working on it that week. And, and just that night, I, I went to bed. I was like, I'm just tired. I want to go to sleep. And like, I just could not stop thinking about the message. And it's just, I should change this. I should put this there and change this. And I'm like, you know what? This is stupid. Why am I just laying here, right? So I got up. I got up and I got my computer and I was working on the message and my wife comes out at two o'clock in the morning. She says, what are you doing? I'm like, talk to the brain because he's not listening to me. So, you know, um, I would love to sleep, but he won't shut off. And so, I mean, two o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm working on a message that I'm going to preach. And she's like, you need to go to bed. I'm like, I know, I would love to, right? but we have to have that rest, Right. But can I say, we even need that rest from even serving, right? We have to have that rest, okay? Um, and so, look, burnout, burnout is real, right? Um, it's unfortunate that it happens, but it is real because of many of those reasons that we've talked about. But I hope if we, we think about these things, look, don't quit, right? Don't quit serving. Maybe prioritize. Let's look at the time that we have and think about what we're doing and maybe change some things so that we can do what God wants us to do. 
Find joy in what you do and take some time to rest. Take some time to rest and just get rejuvenated so that you can keep doing what God wants you to do, right? I don't know how long God's going to allow me to serve. I don't know how long God's going to allow me to, to preach and do what, what he's called me to do, but I want to do it as long as he wants me to. But I know if I don't take time to rest and if I don't do some of these things, I can get burnt out just as much as anybody else. I said that at the beginning. Um, they, Barna has this new study out that 40% of pastors um, are now showing high risk to burnout. 40% of pastors, and I know this is not just Baptist or, you know, this is a broad range here, uh, but that's, that's alarming, right? 40% of pastors, okay? But to me, it's not the pastors that I want to worry about. I want to worry about the people in the church. I want to make sure they don't get burnt out. And so um, maybe some of these things that we've talked about tonight, maybe that can help you um, not to get burnt out because there is still much to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Satan wants to get us discouraged and down and just get us to quit. Um, and that's not what we need to do. That's not what we need to do. There's so much more that we need to do. We're not going to hold the fort. <laughs> right? We're not going to hold the fort. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep moving forward. Right? Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would just bless, Lord, in, in our ministries. Thank you for those that serve. Uh, Lord, we have so many people that are just willing to give of themselves in so many different ministries. Um, Lord, you just blessed us with such a great church. And I pray that tonight maybe there are those that are not serving somewhere. Lord, that they would be, be, get involved and find a place to serve and find a place to, uh, to be able to use their talents and abilities for the Lord. Lord, we need them. We do. Um, and Father, I pray you'd help them in this. But Lord, I pray for those that are uh, faithfully serving. Uh, Lord, help us to be careful of, of burnout. Help us to be careful of just becoming um, just so involved in everything that, that we just get tired and run down and discouraged and depressed and we just get burnt out. And we know that's exactly what Satan wants us to do so that we'll quit. Lord, we don't, we don't want to quit. You don't want us to quit. And Lord, help us to think of these things that we've talked about tonight. Um, Lord, help us not to quit. Help us to reprioritize some things in our life to, to make sure that we're doing what you would have us to do. Lord, help us to take some time to rest and, uh, Lord, just to, uh, to find joy in what we do, realizing that we're doing it for you. Uh, Lord, it's, it's not about us. Lord, we want to serve you and we want you to receive the glory for it. And so, Father, help us to make sure that our relationship is right with you, that we're walking with you each and every day. And, Lord, that you would use us for your honor and glory. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're just going to stand quietly to our feet tonight. The piano is just going to play softly. Maybe tonight, maybe God's spoken to your heart.